Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Animation Fascination. This is episode 17. Uh, with me again, as always, is Matt Quest. Hello! And if you've listened to us before, you know that this podcast focuses on the entire world of animation, which each episode will feature an animated series or film from the past to present. And whether it's traditionally hand-drawn, computer-generated, stop-motion, or any other various forms of animating things, we'll talk about it. So you can check us out at our website at animationfascination.wordpress.com. Uh, you can also follow us at Twitter. On so, geez. you can all of you you can all follow us. <laughs> you <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at Animated Podcast. Uh, send us an email at animationfascinationpodcast at gmail.com. Or to round out the social network, you can like us on Facebook just by searching Animation Fascination. So today we're going to start off with a few new releases on Blu-ray reviews. The f first one I'm going to uh, explain why I have it done here first is the Muppets on Blu-ray. And the reason I consider this animation is that I kind of consider puppeteering, animating a inanimate object into making it seem like it's alive and therefore quote-unquote animating it. So. Yeah, because I mean, you know, the the puppeteer is moving the mouth of the puppet. So in in reality, you know, he is animating the puppet. Yeah, he's he's more or less an, an animator, <clears throat> just a different form of animator. So I figure exactly. I figure that counts. But the the Muppets recently came out. Did you get to see the Muppets when it was in theaters, or have you got to? I check did. It out? I saw it when it was in theaters, and I just saw it again this past weekend with my parents. So. What, what did you think about it? I laughed hysterically through the whole movie. I went with a couple of my coworkers when we saw it in the movie theater and uh, laughed the whole time. Like, it, it has a lot of, you know, adult humor jokes in it, which, uh, and then it refers to, you know, a lot of the old episodes and a lot of things that's happened in the past. And it's just, if you if you watch them up, it's in the past, it's it's hilarious. Yeah. That was one of the things I liked about it, was, like, all the callbacks to, the, like, the older Muppet films. I liked Jason Seals. Uh, participation with it, Amy Adams, yeah, and then uh, Brett McKenzie, one of the, the members of the Flight of the Concords, did all the the music for the film too, and then he actually won an Oscar for the song "Man or Muppet," which was pretty cool. <laughs> Muppet Man. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I liked the Muppets a lot. I thought it was pretty good, and hopefully, they'll be able to make some some more films now that this one did so well too. Uh, the Blu-ray that just came out looks pretty awesome in HD and then one of the cool things on there when you pause it it doesn't actually pause the film like you would normally pause the film it goes to an interme an intermission oh yeah that's like the Muppets walking around making fun of different things and like the it looks like you're in the theater and the sign that comes down it says intermission and it starts moving around different making different anagrams for for the the word intermission so it says like I heart seniors or something like that at one point <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was cool at first, but then, like, if I do just want to pause it and, like, look at something on the screen, I can't really do that because it goes to that automatically. Oh, yeah, yeah. There might be some way to turn it off, but I haven't figured that out yet. Um, and then some of the other things that are on the Blu-ray, there's a scratching the surface, a hasty examination of the making of the Muppets. A, it's basically a behind-the-scenes kind of making of the film, but, like, done with the, the Muppets humor and 
hosted kind of by a, a production assistant Muppet, which I thought was pretty funny. Nice. Uh, there's some deleted scenes on there that have some more of the cameos that were cut from the movie, like with Ricky Gervais and uh, uh, Danny Trejo and whatnot. So those are pretty cool to see those. Yeah. Uh, there's the thing on there called the little screen test on the way to the read-through, which is basically just a, almost a tiny short, which is a few of the Muppets trying to get to the, the read-through for the, the script and what happens on the way to that. Thought it was pretty funny too. And then the the last thing that's on there is in explaining evil, which is the full text Richmond song, the the Chris Cooper rap from the movie. Nice. And oh yeah, and then there's an auto commentary on there with Jason Siegel, the director, and one of the other writers as well. So it's pretty cool. Definitely check it out if you haven't. And hopefully, maybe with this, I don't know if you ever watched the Muppet Babies, but maybe they'll start releasing those on DVD. Did you ever watch the Muppet Babies? I fa- I vaguely remember the Muppet Babies. I think I remember like the the opening like montage screen of it, but I don't actually remember watching the actual Muppet Babies. And like that that was actually an animated series. And I I was I, go ahead. Yeah, I, I do remember it was like animated. That's why I, I it sticks out in my mind cuz I remembered like the animated intro. Yeah, and I was watching that again recently with with Patrick, my son, and you know, like how like Family Guy like nowadays like does like all the callouts and like references to like different films and stuff. Muppets did that like way back in like the early <laughs> yeah. '90s, and like, they like use like some real footage from Star Wars and whatnot, and Indiana Jones in some of the episodes. And I thought that was pretty funny, like some of the references and stuff they made to things in it. Which I never, I didn't even remember that until I watched a few of them with my son. Nice. Uh, the next thing we're going to talk about is a Blu-ray that's Wallace and Gromit's World of Invention, which it was apparently a, a miniseries that must have been on in the, the UK that Ardman took place in, which Wallace and Gromit kind of hosts the beginning and end of each of the episodes. And it's done in the stop, the stop motion claymation that we've seen, like the other Wallace and Gromit shorts in. But they're introducing like these different inventors that have come up with different ways of doing things. And there's six episodes from it uh, that are talking about like nature, uh, how things fly, things that people can can use in the home, uh, and then other stuff such as that. So it's a pretty cool thing to like see the different inventions that were on there and. And then there's like a feature on there to show you how to invent your own things. So, so it's kind of cool to see Wallace and Gromit with that. So yeah, it'd be nice, cool. be nice to see some of the the other Wallace and Gromit stuff on in HD and Blu-ray too. Nice. Which I actually looked up, and some of the shorts that they have done are on Blu-ray now. But I'd like to see the Curse of the Were Rabbit on Blu-ray too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then the next two I'm going to kind of pair together are Lion King 1.5 and, and Lion King 2 on Blu-ray they they came out back in October with the Lion King if you bought like this huge collector's gift, gift set version of the Lion King on Blu-ray those came with it then that, and that was the only way you could get it but now they just released them separately by themselves and I have to check them out it has all the same special features from like when the DVDs first came out and then there's a few new uh, features on there, 
or just for the Blu-ray, but they look really good on in HD again, just like the original film did. And then I had forgot about that, but Jason Marsden actually did the voice of Kovu in The Lion King 2. So that was oh, a, yeah. a nice surprise. And watching the old special feature on there with him on there about like, what was it? Almost 13 years ago, which was kind of <laughs> funny to watch that too. Yeah. So nice. if you liked the first Lion King movie, then if, if you've seen these before, there's definitely worth checking out too. And, and then this is the last one, and I'll be brief too. Uh, Danny Phantom, season two, part one, uh, which was one of the later Nicktoons that were on. That it was done in like the same animation style as the the Fairly Odd Parents. I don't know if you ever got to watch it at all. I think I remember seeing. Uh, uh, you sent me a link on it, and it it looked exactly like the Fairly Odd Parents like character style. Yeah, and I'm like in in the show, it's the Danny gets like these superpowers where he can essentially has ghosts like superpowers and he fights ghosts and whatnot. And, yep, and that's pretty much it. It just has it has half the season on there. I don't know why they're splitting these seasons so that you have to buy two different separate things. It's essentially just a thing to make more money, but because <laughs> they started they started doing that with Family Guy where they were splitting the seasons and they. Yeah, it's good marketing. Yeah, well, it's just a way to. Make more money, obviously. Yep. But it's like they're gonna buy it anyway, so we'll split the season into two, and then you have to buy it that way. But those are all, all the reviews for this week. So if you haven't seen any of those, or if you have seen, go check them out, rent them, whatever. Uh, with that, we're gonna get into recommendations. I I watched a movie called a documentary called Frank and Ollie, which was about two. Uh, friends that were part of the nine old men who worked with Disney from pretty much the very beginning on films like Bambi, Pinocchio, Lady and the Tramp, and The Jungle Book. And it was a pretty awesome documentary that explains like their friendship and like how they met each other and like how they got into putting all this personality into all these different characters that they worked on and really making that personality flow through the, the drawings that they did and making the characters that they created come to life. That was a pretty interesting thing. So if you haven't seen that, I would definitely check that out. Nice. Yeah, and I have a recommendation as well. Um, this past week at work, I've been, uh, I had to do some uh, research through some uh, war, like kind of action type movies. And I came across the Harry Harryhausen uh, series with like Sinbad and all these other uh uh, juggernaut films have you ever seen any of them i'm not sure i think i might have seen a few of them it's i had to go through like a whole bunch of clips and find stuff for a presentation i was doing and I, going through all these clips it's uh the guy harry Hausen, he does uh, special effects and he does like clay uh stop motion claymation yeah and he does like stop motion monsters yeah i do and, remember uh, there's a a scene in the live action movie Jason and the Argonauts where he did like the all the the skeleton army fighting. Yeah, that was the scene that I had to uh, uh, reference for this project I was working on, and it, I tell you, it was the coolest thing ever just to see all these like claymation, uh, you know, monsters running around. There was one I was watching of his, and it was like uh, it was like this crazy like statue with six arms, and it was like sword fighting this guy. It just you know. 
what they could do back then was awesome. You know, to coordinate with, you know, to stop motion was ridiculous. It was, it's really cool. And I suggest, you know, anyone who hasn't seen a Harryhausen movie to go watch one. Definitely. It's pretty cool to, because it's even more, I don't know, I think impressive back from stuff done that far back to see, see how impressive it is the way they did it then because they didn't have to rely on computers or whatnot. That was all oh, yeah. manipulating film and whatnot to get that stuff done. Well, yeah, and, you know, people back in the day when they first saw, you know, movies like that, they thought that was real too. Yeah. <clears throat> but, yeah, so either check out Frank and Ollie or check out some of the, the old Harryhausen films if you can. And with that, there was a new trailer for the film Rise of the Guardians that's going to come out this November on the 21st. Uh, have you gotten a chance to watch that, Matt? Yes, I have. Uh, <laughs> I just uh, I just saw it. Um, dude, the Sandman looks awesome in that movie. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I like the, the concept of the movie, too. It's basically like Santa Claus, Easter Bunny, Tooth Fairy, Sandman, Jack Frost are all have these previously unknown, like, extraordinary abilities, and, like, they join up and fight this bad guy because they're essentially trying to protect the beliefs and imagination of all the children around the world. So I thought that was kind of a cool idea, and I, I like that Santa Claus has tattoos on either of his arm, one for naughty <laughs> and one for nice. That's pretty cool. The voice cast for it's pretty cool, pretty awesome, too. It's got Chris Pine... Who everybody might recognize as Captain Kirk from Star the Star Trek film, Alec Baldwin, Hugh Jackman, I believe is the Easter Bunny in that, uh, Isla Fisher, and then Jude Law is the bad guy. Nice. Which I, I thought the bad guy was going to be the Boogeyman. When I was reading the synopsis of it, it says when an evil spirit known as Pitch lays down the gauntlet to take over the world, so he must be. He must be this guy named Pitch. Alright, so that's the beginning of our show for this week. And f from that, we're going to get into our main topic, which is discussing live-action films based on animated television series. So the first one we're going to bring up is The Flintstones. The Flintstones. And I'm assuming... Almost everyone has always already seen the animated series at some point or another when they were kids or even even now. Oh yeah, that was like the one show you know growing up that was. I just I remember that one sticks out in my mind. Yeah, there's that, and then I remember like there's one called Pebbles and Bam Bam when they were like growing up. I remember that one too. Yeah, yeah. So that was interesting, but yeah. Back in the, the 90s, they released a live-action film with John Goodman as Fred and Rick Moranis as Barney and Rosie O'Donnell as uh, Betty, right? I th yeah, I think it was Betty. So, yeah, so that that film was interesting. Spielberg was part of that with Amblin Entertainment and... I guess originally, back in 1985, the rights had been bought to make the live-action movie, and Jim Belushi was was probably going to play the role of Fred back then when they were going to do it, and Richard Donner was going to direct the film. And they were going to make it like a Grapes of Wrath film, where Fred and Barney were leaving their town during a terrible depression, 
and go across the country or quote unquote whatever that damn prehistoric thing is looking for giraffes. <laughs> and then they wind up in trailer parks trying to keep their families together. They exhibit moments of heroism and poignancy. But apparently Richard Donner didn't like that because he thought it was too uh, depressing for a movie about the Flintstones. Yeah, that seems to me like it wouldn't uh, have gone over very well. Yeah, so uh, I remember when this came out too that McDonald's, this was at one of the point when like McDonald's like sold glasses for everything and there was Rock Donald's in the movie so they had like the Rock Donald's classes that you could get there and whatnot. Nice. And then I want to say that uh, Dino was a was CG in the movie too, so there's a little bit of animation in there. And the closing credits of the film actually re redo the closing credits to the animated series, but done in live action. So that was kind of cool to see it like that too. Since since they made the Flintstones, like I'm kind of surprised they haven't made a live action Jetsons movie yet. I know there's been one in the works for a while, but they just haven't made it. I would think it would be kind of hard to do a Jetsons live-action series because, I mean, it was all, you know, up. they'd have to do the whole thing in green screen, in my mind. Well, I mean, you know, was... they've, they've, done, they've done tons of movies that way, though, so, I mean. Yeah. I think it would just, it would be a challenge to just, you know, show them flying around, <laughs> flying yeah. around all the time, you know? And, <clears> and <throat> then, did you, did you know that the Jetsons is actually supposed to take place in the year 2000, too? Really? Yeah. Yeah, well, so, we didn't really make that uh, technological advancement down, did we? Yeah, we're about 12 years too late for that. Plus, the future seems kind of uh, pretty dangerous, too, with how high you're living up. If there's an earthquake or anything, if whatever your house is on that tall spire or whatever it is, that thing's going to fall and fall however far to the ground you are off of it. <laughs> Or if yeah. you're outside on that, that treadmill for some stupid reason, and then you fall yeah, off that a, and you die. A treadmill with no protective safety, you know, fence or, like, cage around it. Yeah, I see that. What would be cool, though, if they did do a live-action Jetsons is that they can, they would then be able to do a live-action Jetsons Meet the Flintstones. Because I remember that animated movie from when I was younger, too. Nice. Where the Jetsons uh, somehow get sent back in time and meet the Flintstones in Bedrock, and then the Flintstones get sent to the future and are are living in the Justin's house and whatnot. So that was an interesting movie back then. But uh, Some of the other animated or live-action films that have been made from animated movies or animated TV series are Josie and the Pussycats. Did you ever get to see that? Uh, I saw, like, the trailer on TV. I never had the ambition or want to go see that <laughs> yeah. i remember i saw that because i saw it with my mom and my sister and yeah. i remember, remember it had uh rachel lee cook in it from she's all that uh tara reed and uh rosario dawson but my ticket stub from that movie i'll, I'll always <laughs> think it's funny because it says josie and then the word pussycat gets cut off at a, a certain point in the word <laughs> makes it pretty funny. So. I went to an X-rated movie theater to see that, huh? <laughs> yeah, apparently. <clears throat> uh, another film was... My my son watches the animated series Ben 10 a lot, and they've done two live-action films for that, kind of for Cartoon Network. One based on 
the younger version of the character and then one that's on a kind of older version of the character. I think it would actually be cool if they would if they gave these films like a bigger budget and actually released them in theaters. I think actually more than more than just kids would actually see at least their older iteration of him because the kind the story is actually kind of a cool idea where this kid gets this watch that has DNA from all these different aliens in it and then he can turn into the aliens and essentially becomes a superhero that way. So it's kind of an interesting idea and thought it was Yeah. Sometimes I find myself watching it with my son or I may have watched a few episodes by myself at some point. <laughs> uh the next one is Alvin and the Chipmunks, which I saw the eighties nineteen eighties series of Alvin and the Chipmunks. I never saw the really really old Alvin and the Chipmunks. And then I remember they used to do the Alvin and the Chipmunks go to the movies where they had like Batmunk uh Back to Alvin's Future and they're all, they're basically chipmunk parodies of these different movies. Did you 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 probably watched the the older animated Alvin and oh, the Chipmunks, yeah. right? I, I used to watch those all the time. I remember the the Christmas songs were the best with the chipmunks. Yeah, I saw, then, uh, I saw the soundtrack too. Yeah, and then uh, the live action. I'm not a big fan of the the live action chipmunks. How about you? Uh, I liked the first film because I like Jason Lee, and yeah. I liked that he played Dave in it. Uh, I mean, I I like liked it for that. The second movie, he's not in that much in Elvin Chipmunks the Squeakle. Uh, Zachary Levi is in that one, which I like Zachary Levi too because he was on Chuck, and he also did the voice of uh, uh, Flynn and Tangled. But yeah. I was I thought that would have been cool because then you got Zachary Levi and Jason Lee together. But then Jason Lee's maybe in the second movie for like ten minutes at the most, so that was kind of a letdown. But then it added the the girl Chipmunks into that movie. And these movies also have David Cross as the bad guy. David Cross is pretty funny, but he's also the the kid movie villain. So all, everything's pretty predictable about how it's gonna end out. But you know that going into it because it's made for kids between the ages of three and I don't know ten or something. And then there's the third one that just came out was Elvin and the Chipmunks Chipwrecked, which I haven't seen yet. Yes, and actually I got a shout out. Uh, one of my friends I used to work with at Fisher Price actually worked on that movie. Um, my my friend Harry, he got to go to Rhythm Hughes and uh, he was contracted to work on that. And I, I'm not sure exactly what he did, but I think he told me he had to write scripts for cloth simulations. So, you know, like when a CG character walks, like sometimes like it's clothing, like penetrates it's the geometry. I, yeah. Like you see the hair maybe cu- coming out of the. Yeah. I, I think I, I'm not totally sure. I'll have to ask him again, but I'm pretty sure he wrote like scripts to fix, fix that. So that's cool. That, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And what's, what's funny is that the, the voice actors that uh, did Alvin and the chipmunks in the movie, it's almost like they didn't really need, to have them do the voices because you can't recognize them doing it anyways. But I mean, uh-huh. I guess I guess they have them do it because maybe their voice is at the right pitch. But Justin <laughs> Justin Long does the voice of Alvin, uh, and you wouldn't know that just by watching the movie unless you watch the credits at the end of it. Yeah. Uh, who else? 
Jesse McCartney does the voice of Theodore. Amy Poehler does the voice of Eleanor. Anna Ferris does the voice of Jeanette. And then Christina Applegate does the voice of Brittany. And would you even know that unless... Well, they throw so many, like, filters on the voice. Like, they can do ridiculous things with, like, sound editing these days. So, you know, they can completely change the tone of your voice with, you know, editing software these days. Yes. It's not really a huge surprise that you couldn't tell who the actor's, you know, real voice, the real voice actor, who it was. Right. And I'm sure the the third movie did well enough, so there will probably be a fourth one, too. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, and then the next one was the Smurfs. I I saw a few episodes when I was younger, but I don't remember really watching that many episodes of that. I remember remember Gargamel and the cat, and yep, yep. he was always trying to to kill the Smurfs. But other than that, I don't remember anything else from that. Do you, Do you remember the the series uh, the Snurks or the the, the I don't know. It was. Like, essentially the Smurfs, but they were underwater, and they had snorkels for the top of their, their I head. I do remember that. That's weird. Yeah, I do remember that. Weren't they, like, on a cereal box or something, too? Yeah. I think I remember that that much, but, uh, no, that's... They had, like, a little, little thing on the top of their head. I remember. Yeah. You know the Robot Chicken. Yeah, Robot Chicken did a thing with the Smurfs, and the, the Snorks met each other, and since all, all the Smurfs are pretty much guys, except for Smurfette... Yep. The the Snorks gave their their women to the Smurfs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do I do remember watching that. That was pretty funny. Uh, but the live action movie that I I had the honor of going to see that with with my son. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris was in that, playing the the human main character in it, and then Gargam Gargamel is played by Hank Azaria, which he did that pretty well actually pretty impressed with all the the makeup they had on him to make, make him look like the Gargamel from the animated series. Yeah. And actually the film wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be when I heard about the film. So that was actually a nice surprise that it wasn't a horrible film to be with. Uh and the the next one is Casper, the one back from the 90s with Christina Ricci. And then Devin Sawa, who, uh, he was in Wild America and Idle Hands and whatnot, and Final Destination, and he did the, the voice of Casper in that. Oh, and a movie had Bill Pullman in it, too. Yeah. I remember I liked Casper. I, I don't think I ever saw any of like the original animated series for Casper, yeah. either. Yeah, I never saw any of the old animated episodes. When I saw like the live-action Casper, I thought that was like the original Casper, you know? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I liked the story for that, though. It was actually... I mean, I would probably still watch that now. It was Spielberg produced that one and had this whole kind of story where uh, Casper's dad was this inventor and they had made, like, a Lazarus machine. And yes. Casper was trying to use it so he could come back to life. So, I don't know, I, li- I liked that. But then they did two other films afterwards. One that was supposed to be a, a prequel, I think, and mm-hmm. it had Steve Gutenberg in it. Oh, yeah. But, like, his uncles weren't actually his uncles. They were just three guys that were ghosts that always were messing with him. And then there was a another sequel that they did that was Casper Meets Wendy that had Hilary Duff in it. So, yeah, the, the first one was definitely the best out of those three. And I still 
yet to ever see an original Casper animated episode. But the next one would be we're gonna next few we're gonna talk about are Mr. Magoo and Popeye. Have you did you ever get to see Mr. Magoo the, the live action movie? Um, who was who starred in that? Leslie Nielsen. I I haven't seen it now. I haven't seen Mr. Mag- like the live action one, but I do remember watching a few of the, the animated. It was basically like an, an old guy that was almost essentially blind and he can't. Yeah, he, he I, I remember him. the old animated uh, Mr. Magoo episodes. But yeah, that, and I believe that was done by Disney too. So it was one of one of the various live action films made from animated things done by Disney around the 90s because they also did George of the Jungle too which with Brendan Fraser and that was actually a good film too it had uh what's his name Tommy Satan Church in there and then Leslie Mann Judd Aptel's wife and then that was another thing that, that Disney did a church of DVD sequel for where they had George of the Jungle too and yeah. it wasn't even the the same actor it wasn't Brendan Fraser in the second one it was some other random person um, but Popeye had Robin Williams in it, and I want to say that that was uh, directed by uh, Robert Altman. Yeah, I remember uh, for the Popeye, the only thing that like sticks out in my mind about the live action thing is I was watching, uh, you ever seen that uh, TV show Storage Wars? Yeah. Yeah, I was watching that Storage Wars the other day, and they had an episode on where a guy you know, bought a locker full of stuff, and he found shoes that were actually used on the set of the live action Popeye. Nice. So like they took it to a guy and they authenticated it and it was actually uh uh shoes that were used on set. So I thought that was pretty cool. I remember a story that Robin Williams told on on some show too is that this came out around the same time as the original Superman film with Christopher Reeve. And Chris Reeve was good friends with Rob Williams back then, and apparently, like Chris Reeve would always have women like flaunting over him. Rob Williams <laughs> always said he's like, "Yeah, Popeye and Superman are hanging out, but of course Superman gets all the girls all the time." <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't remember who else was was in the Popeye film. I don't think there's really any else, anyone else notable besides Rob Williams. Oh, and then Shelley Duvall was olive oil in there, too. Yeah. Uh, and then the next one we're going to talk about, I'm going to let you lead the way, because I've only seen the film and maybe a few episodes of Avatar The Last Airbender, but even without seeing all of the series to Avatar The Last Airbender, the movie yeah. was really, really bad. <laughs> it, it definitely was terrible. All right, I'll, I'll give it this. The special effects in you know avatar last airbender were, were pretty neat you know it had some cool stuff in there but the actual like story and like the characters just the characters as themselves in the movie you know completely goes uh you know far away from what you know they would be in the cartoon series so it's like the cartoon series is kind of, you know, like a funny, you know, comical type, uh, you know, they just like to joke around with each other. And like the last airbender, the actual live, you know, live action movie, it's all serious and uh-huh. kind of dark. And I, I just, I don't know. They got the whole thing about the, the 
cartoon series is it's you know it's fun to watch and it's comical in the movie they just ruined it with like this try and do you know this serious type of uh um storyline so i think you know the movie just totally ruined the whole vibe it had going for it right and like what kind of sucks is that the film presumes there's going to be a second or a third movie so so it kind of feels like the first movie is the first act of a story that you never really get to see the end of oh yeah i mean it it's go like the movie does go along with the uh the books and you know the cartoon series but like i I don't know i think they flopped on movie number one and i hope they don't continue to you know do the other two or three however many they're gonna do movies for that and i don't think it will end up making i mean because if i remember i think it was a box office bomb so (laughs) good (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so after, yeah, after I definitely have to check out that series cause I've been meaning to for a while. Oh yeah. It's, it's definitely a good series to check out. It's on, if I, if I remember correctly, the whole, uh, series is on, uh, Netflix. It's, yeah. I so, think it's on instant watch. So yep. I'll have to check that out at some point. Definitely. That's a, a big, you know, recommendation for me too. If you haven't seen it yet, go watch it. It's awesome. <laughs> Uh, the, the next one is the live-action film Inspector Gadget, which was another Disney movie based on a cartoon series. that I used to watch the cartoon series. Oh, yeah, I used to love the cartoon series. What I always remember about the cartoon series was that I always... I used to watch Get Smart with my, my grandpa, too. And it was the guy who played Agent 86 and Get Smart did the voice for Inspector Gadget, too. So I always assumed... Inspector Gadget was the same guy for some reason when I was when I was younger, and I was like, all right, so it's it's just the same guy, but he's the cartoon version, doing doing the same thing, but he's got gadgets and stuff. Uh, but then the live action film has Matthew Broderick as Inspector Gadget, and they kind of give a backstory for why he has all these gadgets in him and whatnot. And it, it's the film's cartoony in a way that it's supposed to be, because I mean, obviously, if you're gonna believe they can fit all that, that junk into somebody and they're st- still alive and functioning as a human being and not actually a robot, then. Yeah, basically, Inspector Gadget is a cyborg. Yeah. Just put yeah. it that way. Yeah, for all manners of speaking, he's, he is a cyborg. He's definitely not completely human. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and then. This was at the same point where Disney was making sequels again to every single thing that they put out. And they made a sequel, the straight-to-DVD for Inspector Gadget 2, that added a female Inspector Gadget. Plus, Inspector Gadget was still in it, but it wasn't Matthew Broderick anymore. It was now French Stewart. And we all know how much French Stewart resembles Matthew Broderick. So, yeah, those the second one's not even worth checking out. <laughs> uh, the, from there though the the next movie is Rocky and Bullwinkle which was actually pretty cool the way that they did it is the film is live action but the the bad guys from the TV series Rocky and Bullwinkle Fearless Leader and Boris and Natasha find, figure out some way to bring themselves into our our live action world and the three human characters become like actual human characters. Jason Alexander and Robert De Niro play 
Boris and the Fearless Leader when they get to our world. And but then when Rocky and Bullwinkle get here, they're still like CG animated. And yeah. It essentially becomes like a, a road trip type film where they're trying to get from one point in the the U.S. to another point, and it's got all these gags to so the original animated series and whatnot. And I used to watch this a lot because me and my my cousins liked this a lot when I was younger. So I, I liked it when it came out, and this was also the same time that Keenan and Kel were popular, so they had cameos in the oh, movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in the Rocky and Bullwinkle animated series, there's actually other shorts or Friends, kind of like how Garfield, when he was on in the, the 90s, they did Garfield and Friends, and they had those the other shorts or whatever around that. Uh, but in Rocky and Bullwinkle, they had Dudley Do-Right, and they did a live action for that film too, that Brendan Fraser... Again, played a character that was animated, but now live action. Uh, and then Alfred Molina was the bad guy in that film, I remember. Yeah. And then they're actually working on doing an animated film now that's uh, Peeman and Surebody with Rob Downey Jr. playing uh, Peabody, who was oh, yeah? the, the, dog, the dog in that. And it's about the dog and his, his time-traveling assistant, little... Uh, Little boyfriend. Well, not not boyfriend. Little friend that's a boy. <laughs> and they travel through different points in history and whatnot. So, looking forward to that. It seems like it'll be an interesting adaptation of it. Yeah, so, uh, Mr. Peabody and his friend Sherman. And I just found this that I never even noticed in my, my favorite film ever, Back to the Future. There's a tribute to Mr. Peabody and Sherman the the character uh, Otis Peabody, who owns the the Twin Pines uh, farm, his oh, son yeah. his son is named Sherman in the movie. I never noticed that. Yeah. So it's Peabody and Sherman in Back to the Future are a tribute to Sherman and Peabody and Rocky and Bullwinkle. Nice little homage. And I, I guess they did a reference to it on Treehouse Four or Five on The Simpsons with the time travel uh, toaster. Nice. But yeah, so I I naturally like P- Mr. Peabody and Sherman because I like anything with time travel. So I'm interested to see that, and it'll be interesting to see that when it comes out. Uh, the next film is Scooby Doo. They they did the original film. They had Freddie Prince Jr. as Fred, Sarah Michelle Gellar as uh, Daphne, oh, what the hell? Linda Carradine was Velma, and Matthew Lillard was Shaggy, and then Matthew Lillard made a good career move with that, because he was Shaggy in that, he was Shaggy in the second film, and the past few animated films or whatnot they've done for Scooby-Doo, Matthew Lillard has continued to do the voice for for Shaggy. Well, it's good they continue on with the same actor, then. Yeah. So, they did that first film, and then they they did a sequel to it, but then now they've done these prequel films that are supposed to be that, that same gang of from Scooby-Doo as younger kids yeah, doing live-action films because they still want to make the films, but they can't get the adult actors to do it anymore, so they do that. But yeah, I remember watching the old animated series for Scooby-Doo when I was younger, too. There was like, all the different iterations of it, and now they even have a newer animated series of Scooby-Doo where apparently Shaggy and uh, Velma are going out. Right? So yeah, that Scooby-Doo... I, rem- I remember you the the live action they even had Scrappy was in the first one and there's a lot of like gross out humor in the first movie too, 
like or, like Scrappy was was peeing on them at the end, and then when uh, what's his name? When Fred switches bodies with Daphne, he's looking at himself in the mirror and he's like, "Oh, I can see myself naked." <laughs> and I was like, "Geez, that's kind of a, a uh, almost PG-13 joke for a PG movie." Yeah. Uh, but yes, that's Scooby-Doo animated and live action. The next one, I believe, is an, an underrated live action movie based off an animated series with Speed Racer. I really, really liked the an the the live action film that was done by the Wachowski brothers. Uh, they had Matthew Fox, Racer X, and Emil Hirsch as Speed Racer, and then Strinder Ritchie was in this film again. And I really liked it. It seemed like a, a, a live action cartoon with the way they mixed the CG with the live action shoot in it, and they met, blended the very like cartoonish aspects from the animated series into the movie. And just made it feel like you were watching a live action cartoon, and I liked that about it. But it... yeah, I remember seeing the uh, the trailer for that in the cars, and like the special effects with the cars would yeah. look just really cool. I would almost be interested if they would re-release it in 3D now, because 3D wasn't as big as it is now. Back like a few years ago when this came out, because with all the visuals in there and whatnot, it'd be interesting to see some of that film in 3D. Oh, yeah. But, unfortunately, it didn't, it didn't do that well, and with how much it cost to make it with all the visuals and whatnot in it, they probably won't make a sequel, but I really would have liked to see a sequel to that because of how much I liked that. But, and with that, that's actually the one adaptation of an animated series into a live-action thing where I've liked the movie better than the animated series because I could never really get into the animated Speed Racer TV show. Yeah, all. I remember watching the animated series a little bit, and I couldn't get into it myself either. But, and then they've like tried to update it, and they have like new Speed Racer animated series. But I don't. The only thing I would ever watch w would be that movie. I think if I was gonna watch anything Speed Racer. <laughs> uh, the next thing is Underdog, which I used to watch the animated series for that when I was younger. And Jason Lee, actually, again, in a live-action adaptation, he does the voice for Underdog in that, and that was one of the only reasons why I liked that film at all, too. But then that this movie had uh, Jim Belushi, John Belushi's brother in it. Uh, and, and, like, the film didn't really have anything to, to do with the animated series, because I guess if they had really wanted to do it that way, it would have, it would have just had to be an animated film and not live action because of what was going on in there but speaking of this they're they are doing an animated adaptation of uh, hong kong fooey oh yeah to an animated film and they were originally going to do it the way that they did underdog with like a cg dog doing like this stuff with the live action world but now i guess they are just going to do it as a fully animated film so that'll be interesting to see them have that come out because that was another older Hanna-Barbera cartoon that I liked watching. Yeah, we'll see how that turns out. Speaking of Hanna-Barbera, we should do a Hanna-Barbera episode talking about... Because, I mean, we already discussed the Flintstones a little bit and the Jetsons, but actually go back and discuss like all the different cartoons that Hanna-Barbera released over the years. Yeah, we can dive right into that, yeah. Which brings us to the last movie 
that unfortunately I have to see was <laughs> was Yogi Bear. Uh, Yogi is voiced by Dan Aykroyd. Um, what I was impressed with was Justin Timberlake does the voice of Boo Boo. Oh, does it really? Yeah, and you want to know that's that's Justin Timberlake again on this, and they actually didn't do any like, or at least for the most part, not that I know of, they didn't do any modulation to his voice because they showed a behind the scenes uh, recording of that, and it was uh, him doing the voice, and it was pretty funny to actually watch him do that. Nice. Yeah. So, did you see the viral trailer for Yogi Bear? Oh yeah, the the yeah. assassination of Yogi Bear by the coward Boo Boo. <laughs> Yes. Or, or somebody actually looked like it was the CG from the film. I think it was, uh, when I saw it at my work, they said it was the actual animators from the film oh, like, built, the, built like the assets and then, uh, you know, animated it just for like a little spoof, you know? Awesome. So, yeah, it came out, you know, like, perfect. I thought it was, it was, that was the only thing I needed to see. Like, I didn't <laughs> need to see the movie. If you see that, then... Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> that that little shirt thing's better than the entire hour and a half of the movie. Yeah. But it is it is a cool little thing. It's I'll post a a link on the when we put up this episode so that you guys can check it out if you haven't seen it yet. But that's gonna do it for this week's episode of the show. Uh, again, don't forget you can follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at Mark Vibbert, M A R C V I B B E R T. And I'm at Questpack, Q-U-E-S-T-P-A-C-T. Or you can follow the show itself at Animated Podcast. And then you can also feel free to email us still. We don't get any emails, so if you if you send us an email, maybe we'll we'll send you uh something, I don't know. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna promise anything, but no one <laughs> send us any email anyways. But uh, please somebody send us an email. <laughs> Yeah, you can send us an email at animationfascinationpodcast at gmail.com. Or again, you can check out our website at animationfascination.wordpress.com. Uh, I'm Mark Vibbert, so for myself and Matt Quest. Thank you guys for listening and tune in next time. See you guys. Success! Yeah. All right.